Good morning, church. This morning we're reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And I'm reading the ESV version. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, and from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. And this is the word of the Lord. Buenos días, Iglesia. Es un placer para mí estar otra vez con ustedes esta mañana. Espero que todos estén entendiendo lo que estoy diciendo. ¿No? ¿Sí? May the Lord bless you. Bless you. It's again a, a privilege to be here with, with all of you. A couple of things before I start with a word of prayer is um, if you are not in a reading plan, I want to encourage you to join my brother Bronick. It's, uh, it's, it's not more than 35, 40 minutes a day that you will spend reading the New Testament. And at the end of the year, uh, you can celebrate with all of us that we are finishing. Uh, if you are reading the Bible or if you are going to do this um, um, a, a, a reading plan with Ronick, it will be a real blessing for all of us as a church. So I want to encourage you, if you want to join Ronick, ask him for a reading plan, and he has an extra copy there. If, you, if we need more Ronick, we can hit the printer, <laughs> and we can give more, more printing, printings this morning. And the second thing is for my friend Carlitos. It is possible, brother, to change the closing song, to sing again the song, Revive us again, please. Okay. <laughs> it was a beautiful, beautiful song, and I want to hear again the shoo shoo. I don't know. I don't know where is Miriam. Is there? <laughs> and it's, 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 it's going to be a, a, a beautiful uh, closing song. I'm sorry to change the plans, Car, but it's a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful song this morning. Uh, my daughter was telling me, sing it again, sing it again. And I was like, well, yeah, you are going to be downstairs, but I will ask Carl. <laughs> Amen. So let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are here before your word. 
You gave this word for our edification, for our correction, for our training in righteousness. You gave it so then we can understand the way of salvation with ease through faith in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your, make your word do all these things for us by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Acts. Waiting has never, has never been my strong suit. I am, I am not particularly eager to wait. Uh, as simple as that. I don't like to be waiting. I remember once in elementary school, my dad asked me to wait for him at the end of the school. He would pick me up a little later uh, than usual and then take me to a doctor's appointment. I stay at the school waiting, and half an hour passed, and my father did not arrive, so I decided to, instead of waiting, I will take action on the matter. <laughs> I don't know how I managed to leave by myself the school, but I did. And I started to walk, trying to remember the way to the doctor, a place that, to be honest, I didn't remember much. Well, to make the story short, I got lost. And there were no cell phones back then, if you 90s, you remember those days? So my dad drove every block around the school and found me a couple of hours later. Mm -hmm. You don't want to know what happened to me after my parents found me. The pain I went through from being lost was nothing compared to what followed when they found me. But that story for another day. The disciples of Jesus also receive instructions. The instructions were according to Acts chapter 1, verse 4, that says, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And different from me, these disciples did wait. They followed the explicit instructions from Jesus to wait. And if you remember, last Sunday, Jesus told, told them to go to Galilee, to the mountain to which he had directed them. That was one of one of a series of explicit instructions Jesus gave them after his resurrection. The disciples obey him. And there, on that mountain in Galilee, Jesus also gave them this uh, famous commission, the great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And I will be with you until the end of the age. But then, in the book of Acts, 
as a complement of the book of Matthew, we see, we hear that Jesus also told them this in, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. They were going to receive a power they had never imagined. Power from heaven to do God's word, work. Power from heaven to do God's mission. It was, it, was, it was not going to happen that day when Jesus was telling them that they will receive the power or the next day. But very soon, and the beautiful that we see from, from the apostle, from the disciples, is that they wait for it. And that's how we start and we come to chapter 2 in the book of Acts. And we read in verse 1 and 2, and when, and when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Let us stop for a moment here to understand what Pentecost is. Pentecost is a celebration 50 days after Passover. Passover, if you recall, was a holy day to remember how God saved the Israelites from, the, from death in Egypt when the blood of a, a lamb with, with a, when the blood of a lamb was spread on the doorpost. You remember that event in Egypt, right? So the angel of the Lord, it says that passed over the homes that had blood on their doors, and that's how God saved his people from slavery. 50 days later, 50 days after Passover celebration came Pentecost. Pentecost is also known as, day, as the day of the first fruits or the feast of the weeks because they were seven weeks and every week have seven days. So seven times seven is 49. The next day is Pentecost, 50. Or it's called as well, the Feast of the Harvest. This celebration was the Jewish, the Jewish version of Thanksgiving. People gather for this Thanksgiving event at the temple in Jerusalem to thank God for two things. First, for their deliverance from Egypt, which is Passover, and for God's provision in the harvest was Pentecost. So, as we can see in this passage that we just read, Pentecost was 
inseparable from Passover. There was no Pentecost without Passover. There was no celebration without a sacrifice. The idea was that if God was able to redeem or to save his people from Egypt, so then he will be able to provide for all their needs for their lives too. And that was the meaning of Pentecost. And so we read in verse 1 to 4 again, when the day of Pentecost... Chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there, were, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in all their tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you see what I see in these verses? This is so amazing. If you notice there, is. 50 days after Passover. Do you want to know how many days has passed since the death of Jesus? 50 days. Jesus died on Passover feast. He was the Lamb of God who offered that day his blood on the cross. And because Passover was fulfilled in Jesus, now Pentecost is fulfilled as well with the coming of the Holy Spirit. The new beginning started 50 days after Jesus' death. And these, these, this was promised by the prophet, prophet Joel. If you, I, I was reading this morning this passage, and I didn't, I haven't prepared this passage, but I was reading this passage in the morning, and I was so happy to read these verses because you will notice what is happening here when the prophet Joel prophesies. In chapter 2 of Joel, it says in verse 1, and two, blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on the holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom. Do you remember what happened when Jesus died in Passover day? At noon, it says, the darkness cover the land. 
So this is the great day that Joel is speaking right now and says, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. But this is verse 1 of chapter 2 of Joel. If you go with me to chapter, to chapter 2, the same chapter, but verse 28, you will find something unbelievably amazing. Look what it says in verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards. Can you see it there? And it shall come to pass afterward. Afterward what? The dark day. Passover day. That 50 days later, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And you see, he continues saying, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Run, run. <laughs> says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. I will change microphone as well. So do you see what is happening here? This coming of the Holy Spirit had a very specific purpose. The Holy Spirit was to live and work within the heart of believers to deliver them and to make them free from the slavery of this world, from sin, from death, and from hell. This is what Jesus spoke as well to his disciples when he was still with them in John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26. Look what his word says in this chapter 14. These things, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see the fulfillment, the fulfillment of Jesus' promise. And then if you go in this, the same the Gospel of John, in chapter 16, in verse 12, 12, we read, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And look what is going to be the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. The coming of the Holy Spirit came with one and one only purpose. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has in my, is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Means you will have, you will lack nothing when the Spirit comes. You will be provided as Pentecost was a sign of God's faithfulness, providing for the people of Israel. Jesus is saying, you will have nothing. You will lack nothing. I will give you everything what you need for life to live. So, Pentecost is the promise of God for us as well. And then Luke describes the coming of the Holy Spirit in two ways. The first one is wind. Do you remember? In verse 1, in verse 2 says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire and it filled the entire um, house where they were sitting. The word used here for wind is pneuma, which, mean, which means wind and breath. The word in Hebrew is ruach, like ruach. And in Genesis chapter 2, says that God breathed breathed into man his own ruach his breath and man became a living spirit this life-given spirit is again again present at pentecost with power to begin a new creation that pentecost was a special event for all of us So can you imagine the disciples waiting with fear in the middle of the city where Jesus was tortured and crucified? And then the mighty power of the Holy Spirit came rolling through that room to give them power from heaven. And that's what Jesus told them before. Don't be afraid. I will be with you until the end. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, came on Pentecost Day. But the other way the Spirit is described here is a fire. In verse 3 and 4 says, And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit 
gave them utterance. The most common manifestation of God in the Old Testament was through fire. He appeared to Moses in a burning bush and commissioned Moses to go and change the course of history for the people of Israel. It was through a fire manifestation. And then when the Israelites were led through the wilderness, God did so through a pillar of fire. So that was their lamp. That was their source of light and guidance. During the night, a pillar of fire was their lamp. So they can walk through the darkness. And when the Spirit came upon the disciples, the fire of God, the powerful desire of God to reach all the nations came upon them and moved them to change the course of history. But not only for the people of Israel. This time, the Holy Spirit came to reach and to change the course of all humanity, all the nations. Look around, look around this morning. At least we are here, 10 different nationalities. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. At the end of verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There was an extraordinary manifestation of the Holy Spirit that day. But Jesus, Jesus had already spoke about this. If you go with me to the last chapter on the book of Mark, Mark 16, in verses 17 to 18, you will read with me. And these, these signs will accompany those who believe. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in a new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hand. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. Wow. And they will what? Recover. Recover. Amen. Jesus prophesied that this was going to happen. Brothers and sisters, these signs are available for the church today. 
These signs are available for you and for me. They are available not for our own enjoyment, not for to make us feel better about ourselves or superior, but these signs are given to us to one and only purpose, to speak about Jesus and what he did for us. Do you remember what Jesus said? I will send the Holy Spirit and the Spirit will come and he will glorify me. The signs are not to make us famous. And that's what we read in the next verses in Acts chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speaking his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Remember when Jesus was on earth? Something good can come from Galilee. Similar. <laughs> Are not these the fishermen and those demons uh, possessed in the past? They were asking, and how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And at the end of verse 11, it says, We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. The purpose of these mighty signs were to speak the mighty works of God. The purpose of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and in me is to speak the mighty works of God. It's not to talk about us. It's not to talk about how, feel how good we feel about ourselves. How nice that Jesus saved us. And that now we have a new life. And that God provides for all of us the things that we need. No, it's not for that purpose. It's to speak the mighty works of God. Signs and wonders never point to you or to me. They always point, point to Jesus in his mighty works. The Holy Spirit is given as a promise to those who believe. And the purpose is to believe is to live being led by the Holy Spirit and not for our own desires. Romans 8.14 is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God.
led by the Spirit, not by my desires, not by the things that I want to do, not by the things that I want to possess, but led by the Spirit of God. When we are led by the Spirit is when the missions begins. It's when you understand your purpose of being redeemed, Passover, and being, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. But these days, we often don't see this power at work in us because we have our own agenda. Just like me back in elementary school, taking my backpack and going where I thought was the right place to go, and I get lost. But friends, look at the result of the power of the Holy Spirit in verses, in the, in the last verses that we read this morning. Verse 12 and 13 says, And all were amazed and perplexed perplexed saying to one another what does this mean but others mocking said they are filled with new wine it's harvest time so they 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 have a lot of wine this this day right Let me close with this. When we live by the power of the Spirit, some will be perplexed by the way we live. A supernatural life. Others will wonder what this life means. And then we will be able to explain the way of salvation. But some will mock you. <laughs> it's not possible to live the way you live. You're pretending. That doesn't happen anymore. But you see, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said they are filled with new wine. That's the life and that's the mission. That's the purpose to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to live as a true disciple of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we worship you this morning. We are so grateful that you are here with us. In us. We want to ask you to help us to listen the words and the leading of Jesus through you. Please, Lord, remind us that 
Now we live to glorify Jesus in all we know what we say and we what we do. And continue filling us, Lord, every day to fulfill the mission that you have commanded us. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen.